Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Here's the audio from a special live event streamed on YouTube Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. We celebrated Pride featuring the cast and creatives from Broadway's The Prom. To watch the video, please visit bpn.fm slash ttp150. Enjoy! Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special live episode of the Theater Podcast. I am your host, Alan Seals, and today we are celebrating Pride. And in my opinion, there is no better way to celebrate than to discuss the celebrating Pride than to discuss one of my all-time favorite Broadway shows with one of my all-time favorite people. So if you're like me, you've probably heard the word Pride for many years without really understanding where it came from. So um, have a little, have some words for you. Pride is a positive emotional response or attitude to something with an intimate connection to oneself due to its perceived value. So as it relates to June now, gay pride or LGBT pride is the promotion of self-animation, self-affirmation, sorry, uh, dignity, equality, and increased visibility of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people as a social group. But I want to expand this way beyond LGBT because there is so much more to cover now. LGBTQQIP2SAA, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, pansexual, two-spirit, androgynous, and asexual, everything. Be who you are, be who you want to be, and have pride in this. And there is no show on Broadway that I can think of that has more pride found pouring out its pores than the prom and of course the prom unless you if you've been living under a rock is a musical with music by matthew sklar lyrics by chad beglin and a book by bob martin and beglin based on an original concept by jack Vertel. it was brought to the broadway stage by my broadway podcast network co-founder four-time tony winner dory berenstein and to help me kick this off let's bring on matt bob and dory Hello! 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 That was an old picture. Wow. Yeah, I was smiling <laughs> way too hard. Yeah. It was lives ago. It was funny because I, I Googled Matthew Sklar headshot and it, there's like three in a row that come up at the top of Google and oh, you geez. have literally the identical smile, but different backgrounds. <laughs> it looks like right. someone just photoshopped you onto different backgrounds, which that sounds about right. <laughs> well, Thank you all. Thank you for joining me. Excuse my purple tint, my webcam. I have a green screen, obviously, and my webcam does not like it. So I'm just going to be purple <laughs> this whole uh, this whole hour. But I want to dive in, and this is a pride, a pride celebration. We're talking about the prom. And the, again, in my intro, I I keep going back to the prom as something that, as a, as a straight man, I related so much to this in that there's so much that everyone can learn about this story and learn from everything that goes on in the prom. And I want to kind of hand it over to the three of you and just tell me and, and everybody watching now, why was it important to create this story? Why even spend the time on this? You know, when I was growing up in the 1980s in New Jersey, um, I had close friends and teachers that were gay and most of them hit it because they were afraid and, and I saw how painful that was for them. And I just knew 
it wasn't okay and and it wasn't right um so writing the prom i thought about about my friends from those days i thought about them a lot and you know and if there had been a show like the prom back then maybe that representation and and a joyful story about two gay teenagers could have helped them somehow um and i recently did a talk back uh, with a high school and and uh afterwards i received a message uh from one of the students and it said let me just bring it up real quick it said uh i really want to say thank you because i'm a lesbian and your musical helped me come out to my friends I really just want to say thank you because your work changed my life forever. Thank you so, so, so much. So it was, you know, very emotional for me to get that message from her. And, and that's what it's all about. And I think that's why working on the show has been the most meaningful thing I think I've ever done. And I, and I hope, and I hope the kind of response continues as the show gets back on stage and goes to places where people may feel alone. Maybe it will help. And so it's been a great thing to be a part of. And, you know, I'm a, as big of an ally as you can possibly get to the LGBTQ community. And, uh, you know, I'm proud to be, uh, one of their great supporters. So 100%. I don't want to derail the, the movement here, the, the motivation. I just want to point out Dory is having technical yeah. problems. Oh, Dory. <laughs> the, the heat, yes. Dory got the a new heat, computer. <laughs> the heat in New York is just causing everyone's internet to go it's on the fritz. Melting it is the internet. Melting. That's how hot it is. So, oh, no. Yes. It's literally melting the internet. I'm going to pop Dory out. If she comes <laughs> back, then we'll pop her back in. Bob, let's throw it to you then. And how, how were you, how are you connected to the show aside from of course, helping create it, but why, why did this resonate with you? Well, it's interesting. You you began with a sort of definition of pride, and I think that's um, that's a, an essential reading of the prom is uh, our our protagonist's pride in herself, and it's, it is really ultimately a story of um, personal empowerment. I mean, a lot of people try and help her, and all of these people are uninformed, and she's she's the one who actually has pride in who she is and understands who she is and is courageous enough to to you know cut through all the shit and be herself. Um, so, so in that sense, it was, uh, a, a very universal, very inspiring story. Um, you know, I, I'm, uh, uh, straight and I, I, when I was young working my way through college, I worked at Casey House foundation, which was an AIDS hospice in Toronto. I worked there for years and it's not as heroic as it sounds because I was, I was in the office part. Uh, um, but I, but I remember the prejudice and the fear and uh, the judgment, even from people I knew about me working at a hospital. It was ridiculous. I think it's disgusting. And, and so uh, I agree with Matt uh, that, that this show is the most important thing I've ever written. And, and all of the authors have gotten feedback, like, like the text that Matt was quoting. We've all gotten um, wonderful emails and texts from people who've, who've been, who, who, who feel it, you know, that this started the conversation for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel so proud of this show and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I can't wait for it to be out there in, in high schools, which is the next step. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th that's interesting that you, that you said that, that you felt the prejudice even as a straight person. And it didn't occur to me that I felt the same sort of thing, being in theater, being in boys choir when I was younger, and then in the madrigals in high school, and then performing and wanting to be on stage. It was very much, uh, you know, a name calling and a stereotype enforce reinforcing sort of scenario. And, and I think that, of course, 
pride and my parents, I, I attribute a lot of this to them too, is that on the same respect, the same thing, what you, the two of you are talking about, it's, you know, our protagonist, um, having pride in herself and it's me just saying, let's, let's do this. I'm going to have, I'm going to, um, take pride in who I am and really enjoy it. And I guess there's a, there's the other side of it, right? So there's the, there's a side of it from my perspective and me just being who I am and then everything else about, I can't, I cannot imagine, um, not being able to be who I am. And yeah. And it's, <laughs> I just got a text from Dory. She had a power outage. So oh, the, no. the heat, the heat <laughs> in New York has caused Dory's <laughs> house to implode. Um, let's see. I'm going to text her back. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Call in from your phone if you can. Cool. All right. So maybe she'll be back. Um, so what I'm saying, yeah. So the actual, uh, for the people that, um, the, I guess there's two sides of everything, right? And so there's uh, the queer community and there's the straight community. And I don't want to make it so, uh, uh, I guess, black and white like that. It's definitely not because there's a whole spectrum we were talking about at the very mm -hmm. beginning of everything. But it, I guess... From the two of you, from your perspective, how um, how can both sides? Or not both. I I hate that I'm saying both sides, but how can everyone across the sexual spectrum benefit from um, really benefit from uh, hearing the story and and understanding what these characters are going through? Well, I I mean, I, first of all, I think the story. You know, the, a story is a story. It's a construction in order to get a message across. So we we hope that everyone can sort of. Uh, spot themselves in our story in some way, whether they're 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 uh, someone like Mrs. Green who is really um, controlled by fear, um, and, and you know, and a misguided uh, uh, attempt to help her daughter, um, or 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 someone like Barry who's who who so wants to help her but is completely ignorant to the realities of her situation <laughs> like i think we we try to hit everybody on on the enlightenment spectrum in our show and i and i hope everybody can find themselves as i say um but ultimately it's ultimately is it's it's about uh it's as we say ironically in the show it is ultimately about acceptance about accepting everyone for who they are um mm -hmm. and understanding you know how love should really work <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, well, lo yeah, love, love is love. Um, it's funny you said scale. There's one of the comments here on a scale of one to a bucket of wigs. How gay are we all? I think we're all we're all somewhere. We all should be closer to the bucket of wigs. Um, and <laughs> Karen says you guys wrote an absolutely brilliant show and a story that needed to be told. And oh, thank you. One hundred percent. Yeah, the music. When I was putting these assets together, I was I was starting to cry because the the opening number. I just oh, oh, I can't I can't do it. It's it's so great. But um. I want to now let's bring in some of the cast because I think hopefully techno technology uh, cooperation willing here that we're <laughs> we'll be able to talk with some of them. All right, here we go. Hello, guys. <laughs> wow! That was an entrance. That really <laughs> was. <laughs> Well, while Caitlin, is, oh, Caitlin is he unmuted. There we go. There we go. How are you all doing? Oh my God, Caitlin, you're on the West Coast. Izzy, I don't know where you are. You're probably here on East Coast because you're having tech ah, issues. Yes. <laughs> yes I'm in New York City. Just Michael, you are. 
Michael, you're you're actually down south, but you are cooler than we are. But when Caitlin, uh, Josh, I know you're in New York. We talk all the time. Um, <laughs> I would like to tell people that I am in New York. I also didn't know prom was about gay things. <laughs> I would have never signed up. Subtext. Subtext. Oh, so, I'm not good with that. Past, okay, Josh, Caitlin, Michael, Izzy. Josh, I'm going to start with you. When you were first presented with the script or were called in for the audition, and, and what what did you first think about when you were reading the script? You're like, this is about, this is a story that I've never seen on Broadway before. What was going through your head? Well, honestly, like I was first signed on to do, uh, to be in the ensemble of the first 29 hour reading. And so I didn't read the script till I heard everybody else say it out loud because I was like, I don't even know if I have lines. Let's just hear what they're doing. And <laughs> I also didn't know what to expect. It was called like working title was like prom, I think, question mark. It was like I, untitled prom musical. Yeah. yeah, untitled prom <laughs> musical. And going into it, I was like, I'm not a teenager. Like, what, uh, what am I going to do in this? <laughs> and I was so blown away. I, I felt things that you that you want to feel when you go to the theater, that you want to feel when you're doing a reading. And, you know, not to be mean, but a lot of readings don't really give you those feels <laughs> when you feel seen on so many levels. Uh, you know, Dory's back. Dory's back. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you got your power back. So, I don't know, it just really blew me away, especially, like, between Barry and Emma, I just felt so much of myself and both of them, both of their, like, joys, both of their sadness, because the journey to pride, to being proud, is not an easy one. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of grieving involved, so, I don't know, I really related on, on that sort of level with them. So Caitlin and Izzy too. I know the two of you. I don't want to speak for you at all, and I want to. I want to actually hear about some of your your personal journey through all of this, and how being the two leads in the show, two of the leads that are going through all of this sort of uh, discover self discovery and and realization of pride, um, how that's affected you personally in your life now. I mean, White I think, yeah, oh. right. It's just such a broad question that has so many answers for both of us. I think, um, I think you kind of hit it on the head though by saying the realization of pride. You know, I think um, again, not putting words in Izzy's mouth, but like we both started the project at a very different point in our journeys than we ended the project. And so when I started doing the show at that 29 hour reading, I was 24, I identified as straight and I was like, I don't know what we're doing, but it's cool. Um, and it was just this amazing story that I could connect with because I had friends who were gay. And by the time we opened on Broadway, I was 28 and identified as bisexual. Um, and so just like that, growth and that realization of who I was and who I could be and the power and courage and all of that that I learned through playing Emma was there's nothing like it and I'm forever grateful for the gift that playing Emma gave me to figure out who I Caitlin am. Izzy what about you? Yeah I'm hoping that you can hear me and I yes in and out oh gosh oh gosh um 
Personally, I, I would say that, oh, can you hear me? We can hear you. Keep going. Just we keep got going. You. Okay, great. Okay, 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 good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say that I also started out frazzled like this, um, but uh, I identified as straight at the beginning of this process as well. But it's interesting. I, like Alyssa Green, spent way too much time and energy letting other people determine my worth and uh, and letting other people get the right to tell me what I was. And so even though pretty much my entire life I had been attracted to women and have had relationships with women, I felt like I was not allowed to claim that I was bisexual because I had never been in a romantic relationship with one long term. And I, I, I was actually speaking with the fans of the show that really kind of gave me the freedom to allow my identity to evolve. Um, I, I, I went on this podcast called Thank You For Coming Out, actually, and we had a really good conversation about, you know, how young girls, when they're nine years old. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I was so into that. I know. Oh. I can finish the story. It's an <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> hopefully she will come back. We'll put okay. So when she was when girls are nine years old. All right, that's where we were. Michael, I want to shift over, <laughs> which to is going to be an Alyssa oh. Green song in the tour. Yes, yes. When, yeah. when girls are nine years old. Yeah. Um, Michael, as at, oh oh, Izzy's back. Izzy's back. She's back. I think. I think. Maybe. I think. Yes. When girls yes. are nine years old. When girls I'm are nine here. years old. Quick, quick. <laughs> when girls are nine years old. That's where we lost you. When girls are nine years old. You hear me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. When girl, okay, when girls are nine years old, they know that they're gay even without having kissed a girl before. And so I'm allowed to be bisexual just by knowing that within myself. And that is the end of my story. And so Michael, Michael, as your character in the show too is sort of like the bridge, I think, between the New York liberals and the Indiana conservatives, and and so you in life too. I, I guess, how would how did this relate to you approaching the approaching this subject matter? I I want to avoid the like, how did you build your character? That's an old gold question, but approaching the subject matter and being a being the the firm like I understand what both sides are going through. How did you put that into effect? Well, I think I mean what was great about uh, Principal Hawkins is that he he saw and respected the humanity on both sides. Um, I think he clearly has his own journey and a certain understanding. I don't think he would ever say he understands uh, what Emma's journey is, but he does understand some bit of what it may be to be different, <clears throat> you know, to not be like the majority for obvious reasons. So I think there's a certain sensitivity there. But I think he also respects the community he's in. He doesn't think that these are idiots or stupid people. He just thinks that perhaps they're just frightened people. Um, uh, who see the world changing, or, or or their expectations for their children may be different from mm. from uh, what they had imagined, and it's the same thing. You know that that's been my journey in my life as well. I mean, I, uh, um, uh, as uh, as a black gay man, that's that's a whole other thing. I mean, the idea of coming out, the idea of 
of, uh, in a sense, risking losing one community and not necessarily being accepted into the next community. And so I think a lot of that Principal Hawkins understood. Can I, can I ask about that as, as, as someone who is white presenting and I identify straight, (laughs) I, when you said that you feel like you would lose one community by accepting another, is expand on that a little bit. Because I think a lot of people might not realize that that's an issue for some people. When I grew up, let's say I came of age in the 80s, being out was still a scary thing. You know, it was still, and we were also in the middle of the uh, AIDS epidemic as well. Right. So we were facing, we were facing that. So the idea of being out was a terrifying thing. And if you come from an African-American background, a very religious one, that so you had that piled on top so in a sense you ran the risk do you lose your family and then by extension do you lose that other community that that the broader community that your family is in and perhaps not being accepted to the wider gay community which we saw at that time was 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 basically white presenting so you ran the risk of not having a place if you came out so i think it was that kind of a lot of that pressure that I right. think a lot. I mean, I came out at 17. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I came out at 17. But still, it, was a, it wasn't an easy thing. And I think the great thing about the prom was just watching um, these kids, just the bravery of Emma and the bravery of all the other uh, uh, young people in the show. And I think I could channel that through Mr. Hawkins. I think he really appreciated how, how, forthright how self-possessed Emma is yes. and how that began to affect the larger community. Well, I want, I want to come back to that actually and the character, the actual actors in the show in relation to the characters, but I want to get back to a question I had for Dory before her power went out and then we can, and then we can say, say bye to Matt, Bob and Dory. Uh, Dory, the, the creation of the show, being a producer, a lead producer is one of probably, as I understand it, the hardest things anyone can choose to do in this business. And so when you're picking your projects and hearing, I actually like that we're asking this question halfway through now, but hearing what you said, what everyone said about what pride means to them and coming out and how it's changed them personally, how, how did, did any of that, I guess, relate to your decision to take on this project? And what was your big impetus for deciding to put, and I can tell, your heart and soul into bringing this show to Broadway? Well, you know, back in 2011, when I first had a conversation with Matt and Bob and Chad and Casey, and it Casey was... Nicola. Yes, yeah. the director, choreographer, amazing. And it was, it was a blank page. It was an idea that Jack Fertel had. And, uh, and, you know, for starters, it was a story that I hadn't heard before. It was a story that I, I just immediately knew had to be told. And, and it was just so important um, uh, to get that message out there and, and, and to have it be told by these genius creators. Um, you know, so it was this brilliant idea um, about bringing the world together, about acceptance and tolerance, and and who knew what was on the horizon as far as, far as the the division of our country. You know, <laughs> had, had no idea back in 2011 of, of what was to come, but you know, it, it was it was 
I've never been able uh, to say yes so fast to um, an, an idea um, and a beautiful uh, concept for a story and with complete confidence that these genius creators were going to be able to, to bring it to life in a way that would also not be speaking to to the uh, people already on this side of the issue, but the, the idea from the get-go was how do we tell the story um, so that everyone will come and see it and everybody will love it and enjoy it. And maybe while they're there, their entire lives will turn upside down and their hearts and minds will change because they didn't even know what it was about, you know? And so the idea of getting this story out there to help make the world a better place was absolutely from the get-go um, uh, top priority and something that motivated me tremendously. It was also getting to work with these great artists, um, and and again believing that that theater just has an incredible ability, just a power uh, to make change and to have an impact on people's lives all over the world. So easy yes, and look what happened. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's exploded into this international thing. I actually, I was going to save this for a little later, but I, I put out a call on social for fan art, and there oh is just God. some oh, incredible, incredible, incredible fan art that that wow. was sent to me. Um, a lot of the, a lot of this, the kissing, of course, uh, because I think that that just resonates with so many people to be able to show that and be able to see that, and it's it's absolutely incredible. I, I mean, I could this is this one painting daylight on Instagram, just oh my god, phenomenal. These are all amazing. Thank you for everybody who actually who sent these in and for oh, everybody so who created great. them. So yeah, I love that it's reached so many people. But Dory, Matt, Bob, thank you so much. We're gonna say goodbye to you and we'll continue on with the cast. Thank Bye. you so I much. You I love you all. You're tearing us apart out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll do it again. We'll do it again. All right. Bye. Bye bye. I would just like to say that there was not any Hawkins Sheldon fan art in what you showed. And yeah. it's really yeah. telling. I I'm think I'm done with this live. It. Yeah. Please. The show, uh, I, I want to go back, Michael, to what I was saying, uh, what you were saying a second ago. Um, the, the, cast, uh, the cast in the show was all incredibly young. Like it was, you know, what you were saying, is it your, your camera okay there? <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, Josh, what you said too, you're like, I'm not, a, I'm not in high school. What am I going to do in the show? But, you know, Michael and Josh and, and the other actors of a certain age um, are combined with uh, these kids who at the time were in their early twenties and through the 10 years of the show, you know, have gone on to, to discover themselves. And Michael, as you're watching the like the twenty like they're they're going through their twenties. You remember your twenties? I remember my twenties. That was a freaking weird time, right? And yep. especially now, having this show and having this message and having all of these people around me, I if I had this show now in my twenties, I don't, I would not be the same person I am now. I'd be much better. And so, going to what you said about seeing the cast and seeing everybody grow and fight everybody finding their pride just speak a little bit to to watching i you know i'm putting you in a in a in a paternal position here a little bit uh you know you you and beth level try 
kind of end up being the mother and father in respective ways. Yes, uh, you're, you're calling us very, very sweetly calling us old. <laughs> I'm calling I you, noticed that. Yes, I'm calling you seasoned. Seasoned. Go on, go on. No, no, no. I just mean that I... I I think that you have a much different perspective. You were in the same show. You were going on the same journey with everybody, but I think your perspective is slightly more, or it's more informed because you've got more life to go through. And you said you came out in a time when it wasn't okay to come out. Right. And, and think about, I guess, yeah, speak to that a little bit. Like what was it watching these journeys of Caitlin and Izzy and the rest of the cast of going, of discovering who they are while getting to share this message with the world eight times a week? Uh, truthfully, uh, it hurt my face because I was laughing or smiling so much. <laughs> quite honestly. I mean, that was, that was the truth of it. You know, I was constantly watching the show. I was constantly watching them and, uh, and when they would come off and let them know what I saw them doing, let me, you know, their different little moments, like so. Um, and I, what, and I'll say it again. I probably have already said it. I was just so impressed with the lack of self consciousness. There was such a freedom and such an ease uh, about everything they were doing, and and um, it was just joy, and that's infectious. And I think that's. That's what I got from watching all of them. It was just this infectious joy, this thrill. I mean, they were out there killing it. And I'm, I'm sitting there watching them. I'm going, y'all going to hurt something. <laughs> <laughs> y'all going to hurt something. You need to slow down. Maybe you shouldn't do that so hard. But they were out there killing it every night with a smile on their faces. And then, you know, and then leaving the theater and going to the gym. So, so some dance lesson or something like that right um so no it was tremendous just watching them it it it, it filled me with a great deal of pride and joy watching them i will say that everybody really looked up to you michael i mean mm -hmm. we shared a dressing room and the amount of visitors coming for advice from mr potts you know it was like up which one of your children is next <laughs> ah, Fernell, come on in. <laughs> Juice, do you have a monologue you'd talk you'd like to talk about? <laughs> um, oh, the, let's see. I, the comments actually the uh, painting daylight on Instagram. Jane, she's here. <laughs> she's Aww. she is here. Hello, and then um, someone has some Sheldon fan art. Al Mac has some Sheldon Al fan Mac! art. And Al Mac's my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, send it, send it over to feedback at the theaterpodcast.com and we will share yes. it out and we'll post it because I want to see some Sheldon art. I want to see some art with everybody. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I want to see uh, some yeah. Sheldon Michael Potts art in the dressing room. The devil <laughs> took a nuke with, with a green, green dress, dress on. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the camaraderie coming out of this show, I mean, Broadway is your family. Broad, you have a chosen family on stage, and when you when you get to go through this type of of emotional stress, and it's I think it's a form of trauma, right? Like Caitlin and and, and I, Izzy, yes, <laughs> <laughs> trauma. Don't know what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> but have, having to be in the closet, coming out, and having the world, you know, like, Caitlin, you're just basically, you're, you know, Emma was just like, screw it, I'm going to be who I am. You 
liberal New Yorkers don't tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want to do and end up like the message behind that, too, is like even as you're telling your truth and coming out, you're still finding your truth in how to come out yeah. while holding others accountable. Right. So mm -hmm. Izzy is over there just like causing all sorts of shit. And and I feel like I feel like there there is an emotional there's an it's an emotional roller coaster. It has to be. That's what makes a great show. So mm -hmm. with everybody going through this, I know, I mean, I know all of you personally and in the camaraderie, the friendship. The friendship is real. The friendship is forever. And I think that that to me is is a version of spirituality. It's a version of pride, right? It's pride in who you are. It's pride in mm -hmm. in where you are and who you're sharing, you choose to share your life with. Right? 100%. Yeah. This show, 360 Minorstone, the show helped me come out. Thank you, Caitlin and Izzy. Thanks to your incredible acting. Gave me the confidence and courage to share this part of me. Aww. Yeah. And there have been so many stories like this. Caitlin didn't, I think it was you who told me the story that there was somebody who was like, if I had known what the show was about, I wouldn't have come to see it. But now I'm glad I did. And I'm going to change my life for what? Yeah, what that, that happened in Atlanta during um, one of our shows. We had a talk back afterwards and someone went up to I believe it was they went up to Bob and said, I didn't know what this was about. If I had known, I wouldn't have come, but you all changed my mind. And I think that was something that was so beautiful about the show is that we weren't like hitting people over the head with it. We were just opening up the space to have a conversation with them, um, a conversation about acceptance, about love, about who we are as individuals. Um, and so we gave people space to talk about it, ask questions, to share their feelings, to learn and grow throughout the process of a two and a half hour musical, um, which is just such a beautiful thing. And like, as you said, we are a community, we are a family and to share that with everyone is just, it's so special. Yeah, I, I watched the show and I was there, I've, I saw the show a couple times, I was there on closing night, It this, the energy, the love, the love. And that's what I think everybody should take a lesson from all of this anyway, like pride <laughs> aside, we all just need to freaking get along, right? And and accept people for who we are. Yeah. But the, the, the history of pride to me is it's that's still nebulous and josh i actually know you're a you're a big history buff when it comes to this kind of stuff i'm but a nerd yeah you're, well you're a nerd anyway but you're also a nerd when it comes to this kind of stuff <laughs> and and that's why i love you and the i have to say i have to admit a little bit to all of you that i'm a little bit nervous hosting this event as a straight guy who has hasn't had to go through these types of challenges and the way and have the world look at you sometimes as like you're just not right simply because you are who you are i'm very i'm nervous about how to ask these questions and i'm nervous about how to be a good ally and so i basically am like trying to push the conversation to you all to show me and to everybody listening everybody watching um I guess how to how to talk about this. Well, I if if can I can I speak a little on like history and, please, and all that? Please, please, yes. Um, I this pride, you know, for a lot of reasons. I was looking at a lot of pictures and of people celebrating, and it's a wonderful thing. I think pride is for everyone, but 
with that said, pride isn't just putting on a rainbow top and taking a few pills and dancing. Like, that's not what it's about. There's a really, really deep history here that started before this, but a lot of this wasn't covered by the press, so it's hard to really find out. But um, it's not just Stonewall. Stonewall was the event that sort of launched Pride, but it goes back to, uh, in May 1959, the Cooper Donut Riots. Um, and that incident was considered one of the first LGBTQ uprisings in U.S. history, which led to the picket at Whitehall Street induction center in um, 64 in September. Um, and between that, and that was protesting gays being banned from everything, but especially the military, it took 47 years after that till the ban was lifted, which goes to San Francisco's Stonewall, which was uh, the Council on Religion and the Homosexual Ball which happened on New Year's Day in 65, where they did everything by the rules. They even let the police in San Fran know about it, and the police still showed up and attacked. Hmm. You know, um, but then there was um, the Dewey's lunch counter protest, which was a sit-in because this was in Philadelphia. They wouldn't serve queer people. And so it began with a sit-in with uh, three customers, and then eventually Dewey's gave in and started serving people, which goes to the annual reminders in 65, the Julius Sip, which was on April 21st here in New York, the Compton's Cafeteria Riot, uh, the Black Cat protests in February 11th in 67, the Patch Riot in 68. Hmm. And then we have all of this stuff is bubbling. And from those events, things like The Advocate was was born. So gay people were a bit in the know. We have Judy Garland dying uh, the week. And I think the funeral might have been the day that Stonewall happened. And you have to remember, Judy Garland was hope to a lot of the queer community, especially at that time. So people were in mourning. And then Stonewall happened. And, um, of course, we all know the beauty that came out of it. Originally, it was a riot. It was a protest. Um, and in some ways, it still is. It was a year later on uh, June 28th in 70 that the first march was held here in New York, L.A., San Fran, and Chicago. Um, but it wasn't the first time that LGBTQ Americans stood up. It was just the first encounter to be covered in an enormous way by the press but pride is also where are we going um especially with trans with our beautiful trans siblings um an example angie zabata uh was murdered very sadly a trans woman but her murderer was the first person in u.s history to be convicted for a hate crime of violence against a trans person. Hmm. That was in 2008 for the first time in U.S. history. That's huge. So <clears throat> part of being an ally is knowing history. Part of being an ally is understanding why we pride. And we do talk about today being a safer time to come out, and it is. But for some people, it's not. And it's still illegal I, I don't know the exact number. I think somewhere around 57 countries to be gay. Dubai, an example. Mm -hmm. Some fabulous allies of mine are there now. And I'm like, you do realize that 
being gay is punishable by death in Dubai. The the Bahamas, it's illegal. Right. You know, like think about where the Maldives, like all these luxurious places. You know, know your history, know where you're yeah. shopping, know, yeah. know what's going on. Anyway, that's the end of my rant. Da -da -da -da. <laughs> that I, I, I did. I didn't know. I didn't know, and that's. I didn't realize how many people like the the places that I want to go, the Maldives and the Maldives, uh, the Maldives, the, the, the Maldives. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, Josh. What was the other place you said? It was the Maldives, and what was the other Bahamas. Caribbean? The Bahamas, I mean, yeah. Dubai. There are so many places right. where it's illegal. Right. Well, I'm going to use this as opportunity for set change. There we go. Oh, great. Right. No. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> yes. So. Gosh, so these comments here are just pouring in. There's so much love. Uh, young folks see themselves in the show. And I didn't realize that in 2008, they didn't start, or the first uh, person convicted of a hate crime. I am um, a negative blood type, so I, my blood types wear anyway. I get, there's, during COVID, emergency blood declaration all over the place. And gay men still, gay women too? Or is it just gay men still can't donate blood? I think it's just gay men. Yeah, I'm not positive. Yeah. Um, they have a rule. They're like, if you haven't had sex in three months, then you can. <laughs> but I'm like, well, eat a dick. Like, <laughs> you don't, you don't have sex for three months, and then I'll give you a vial. Son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> and the the kiss at the end of prom is by far one of one of my favorite moments and um the number was performed at the macy's day parade and it was the first time same-sex mm -hmm. kiss has ever been shown on the macy's day parade and do do you i know from talking with dory how difficult it was to get that approved when they were gonna do that for the for the parade, but Caitlin, Izzy, did you did you hear any of that? Did you hear those stories of like we may have to modify this this kiss, or do you, you just did it as normal? We, we just showed up. <laughs> yeah. By the time we got we rehearsed it, and the, and they the Macy's execs came to our theater to film our number. At that point, there was no question about it. That was the yeah. way our show ended. That's how we were gonna perform it, and then we had our rehearsal, our camera blocking rehearsal. And I remember Casey Nicola pulled myself and Caitlin aside and told us, he was like, I watched it. They're not shying away from it. They're actually showing it on the camera. It's going to be, we're about to make history. This is going to be such a massive deal. Yeah. And I mean, thank God we had like a couple days to process that because I will, yeah. in the nine degree weather, I would have not been able to do it properly. Yeah, um, it's it still it was like, it was so cold, but it still so like surprises me that like, we were the first same-sex kiss on the Macy's wow, Day yeah. Parade. Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy to me for so many reasons because A, that should have happened years ago, and B, I hope it happens again and again and again. You know, yes. like that, like Josh, you saying like pride is about how we move forward too. It's so important to like keep the progress moving because it's, it's so easy to go back and we can't go back. We have to keep pushing forward. So the fact that Macy's was able to like step up and make that choice that it was okay for us to kiss on national television because it is um, like, that's huge. And we got more of that, more of that. Well, yeah. because I think... what ended up happening, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, 
what ended up happening was that like now all across the country, people were seeing their families validated for the first time on, on what is a family oriented program. Mm -hmm. And there, there was nothing, you know, overly sexualized or, you know, traumatic about well, it. Well, they it was did simple... cut that part, that one part. <laughs> <laughs> That's the after dog With part. me, Michael, Angie, and for now. <laughs> Oh, no. Anyway, anyway, oh, go on, go on. No, that's, that's, I mean, like the fact that, like my my favorite part of theater is that, like at its best, I think it can be a tool for social activism. Um, and I I think in that moment we were able to launch conversations at the dinner table um, yeah. about what that meant, what the kiss was about, how they how people felt about it, how they rectified it um people came out to their family members on that day you know it, it was a it was the kiss that built some bridges and maybe tore some down but it you know it, it at least got the ball rolling which is very mm -hmm. exciting oh yeah I, I have a clip i have a clip hold on night that and that closing. time i slipped some tongue so she it wasn't normally that um passionate <laughs> that I was loved it. oh god i loved i was there for closing <laughs> night that was not my bootleg i mean i it, someone sent it to me but i didn't take the bootleg and i don't condone bootlegs but man i'm glad that exists i just love courtney ballon in the back doing like a fiddler spin <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm like, take it easy, girl. That's right. You're about to dance some more. You better <laughs> breathe for a second. <laughs> well, um, oh, I love these comments. The scream at the end was all of us. If anybody watching has yes. any questions for anybody here, um, drop them in the chat. And we have time for one or two questions before we wrap up here. But I want to actually talk about Closing Night because the show, oh my God, the energy and the love <laughs> and it went on. It was like a five hour show because of all of the applause and yes. taking taking this with you, taking the show with you, taking like you, you all, you created these roles. You, the show is forever you. That's it. Like it's going to be everybody who does it from now on is going to be doing a version of you. And so relating this to pride do you talk about the pride you have? I'm getting teary talking about this. Talk about the pride you have, A, as originating a role, roles such as these in a show like this, but then relating it to gay pride and LGBTQ plus pride. How how are you taking this all with you? It's overwhelming. Izzy and I have talked about this often. I have talked about this in, in every interview that I have ever done, but like I call prom the gift that keeps giving. And it just like, yes, we got to create these roles, but we are not the end of the line. It keeps going. You know, the movie came out, there's gonna be a tour. High schools everywhere are going to do this. These stories do not end. And to be just like a starting point for them is truly so 
wonderful that we got to like create this world and with Bob and Matt and Chad and Casey and everyone. And then we get to like let it free and have let everyone else play with it as well and find themselves. I cannot wait for Emma's in high school productions to learn from this character, to learn from this show, you know, like the idea of an actual 17 year old girl playing Emma and going through that journey on stage with the people she's on stage with. I like, I can't even fathom that. Um, I have no idea if I've even answered your question, but like, <laughs> it just, it, <laughs> Josh, what, what about how you feel? I mean, Again, it's overwhelming. I've never... It's one of the best experiences of my life. The family that I've made from this, even, you know, like, we don't get to talk every day. Sometimes it's not for a few months, but it's like, I feel like I could, and I do, connect with people as often as I can. And um, some of my happiest moments of prom were sharing a dressing room with Michael. <laughs> and looking forward to seeing him every day. And that's how my day started. You know, like, it it will never not blow my mind. Also, I mean, how often does an actor get to, or a performer get to originate a Broadway show? Like, it doesn't happen that often. That's not lost on me. And, um... The fact that it happened at all is is just a miracle and a blessing because it easily could have not happened. Like 80,000 readings I've been in, you know? <laughs> you never know what's going to happen for, for better or worse. But um, the love. I really love you all. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Michael, how do you feel? Well, I feel very, uh, I feel very fortunate. I mean, I came in, I, I think I was the last one to come in. Uh, yeah, I was brought in at the last minute, so I came into a family that was already there, that had already gelled, and I didn't know what to expect. Um, and uh, I know coming in, my expectations were, were sort of muted, because I didn't know what I was coming into, and I didn't know uh, what I would be able to contribute, or, or, or if what I contributed, uh, was trying to give, would be accepted. And if it would make sense um, in the telling of this story, but um, the amount of love and acceptance, uh, the, the amount of family and love that I got from this company, it was it was overwhelming. I mean, I tend to be kind of try to stay very stoic and very, you know, even. <laughs> but you know, many a night, many a night, my heart was just leaping. And I had Josh Lehman as a dressing roommate. You know? <laughs> so I was in stitches half the time. The poor Michael uh, would be trying to warm up like blood you know, butter, better butter, blood butter, better butter. And then I'd just be like, <laughs> Every time. I loved every minute of it. I'll say that. I loved every minute of the prom. And I loved every single human being in that show. Absolutely. Izzy, now where you are moving on in your career, you look back at this, what, what do you think about? I mean, I, I, I feel so unbelievably spoiled that like my first, and like Josh said, the, the miracle of being able to originate 
originate Aurora on Broadway to begin with. But then for my first time originating to be with these incredible artists and humans, I, I, I was so blown over at the removal of ego for the sake of storytelling. It felt so incredibly collaborative. It felt like it, it didn't matter who had what line or what songs. It was like, how would we tell this story better? And it was just a, it was a, an incredible lesson in how to lead companies. I learned from Michael Potts and Beth and Brooks and Chris and Angie and Josh and all of them. And then, and then like, I feel like I became a woman in that time too. And like, I, I, I was able to harness my own power. And as a professional performer, that, that was incredible. But then also like the amount of, I think I at one point wrote down all the bits I had backstage and I had just as much choreography interacting with various cast and crew members than I did on stage. Probably more because <laughs> I was not in it as much as everybody else. But I, my show started with saying hello to everybody on the deck and then, you know, with Angie going, I'm so proud of you. This is an important show. <laughs> you know, real, we would like say that off stage every day and then right before my entrance I'd come down and Michael Potts would be waiting on the top of the stairs and I would do like a dance for him up to something stupid and my greatest joy was getting Michael Potts to laugh and say you're so stupid that was <laughs> like oh my god it was my because he's he's, he's Mr. Stoic and he's I love uh lovely but like I best laugh and then like I would start and go I love you babe to Caitlin and then Josh would snowplow me and it was just like it was just it, we we they were clowns everybody on in that cast was a freaking clown and also everybody at some point or other found you know were, were there for each other in low moments it was never and it was never like a burden it was always just a hey I'm here for you I got you we got we'll get through this and uh, I mean yeah it was a, it was just uh, I'm still recovering from all that love, I feel like, and I hope I get to experience that again because that was just the best. I know. I think now I need to go watch the whole the whole bootleg. Josh, you have some snowplow fans. Yeah, uh, snowplow. Didn't I snowplow? <laughs> was it always during dance with you when you would rush off stage or was that Courtney? No, that was that was it was during dance. I it was me. It was me. And okay. you'd like get in the car remote. now and I'd be like, yeah. Ah! <laughs> oh, well, you did it to poor for I'm now horrible. that one time. He I flew. Think, he flew. He flew. <laughs> he literally flew. Well, I, I couldn't. I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> poor for now. <laughs> he asked for it. He wanted it. I should have charged. And don't forget gravity blanket. <laughs> never, never forget gravity blanket. Well, I we are we are at the top of the hour. God, thank you, thank you, everybody. Thank you, all of you for being here. Thank you for watching. I agree with Shoshana here. The prom continues to bring us so much joy, and listening to the music and watching the videos that may or may not have been sent to me. Um, <laughs> and seriously, though, on a serious note, uh, thank you all for allowing me to ask these these kind of question ignorant questions i feel like i'm i've been a bit afraid to talk about this sort of stuff i thank and you for saying that but i want you and everyone to know it's okay to not be an expert there are still many things that i'm still learning about 
And it is okay to not know everything or have the best opinion about everything. It's okay to learn. Learning is beautiful and learning is how we grow. So thank you for, for doing that. Well, you're very welcome. Is there anything that anybody wants to leave anyone with as we wrap up the event and wrap up June and the end of Pride in 2021? Caitlin, you look I like love you all. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys so much. Michael, will you marry me? <laughs> we can go back can to I the chicken married? farm. <laughs> yeah, we go yes. back to the chicken farm. Yeah. Get married amongst your old friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. He grew up. Alan, in turn us off now. <laughs> this is the most attention I've gotten in weeks. <laughs> Oh my goodness. My cheeks hurt so much. Thank you all. Thank you all for, for being here. And to to Matt, Bob, and Dory, thank you as well. And everybody watching. Oh gosh. It's just happy pride, everyone. Happy, happy pride. And and let's all let's all hang out soon, please, now that we can and give each other like vaccinated yeah. hugs. It's time to dance. Uh. <laughs> all right. Dance, dance. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.